So Jesus asks that you please speak to us from your word and help us to be changed by it. We ask this in your name, Lord. Amen. Well, good to see all of you here as well as those of you who are watching online. Stanford won yesterday. The Huskies won, sort of. Um, so I'm in a really good mood. Um, a friend of mine told me about a conversation he had with one of his coworkers who was complaining about having to take every weekend to build a deck in his backyard because he couldn't afford to pay to have it done. So he was complaining about this. And my friend said, listen to how many things you have to be grateful for in just that one sentence. You get to build a deck. That's a really cool thing to do. In a house, you have a house. In your backyard, you have acreage, right? You have hands that can swing a hammer. You have money to buy materials. My goodness, you're a rich man. All of that from one complaint. Imagine what you could have done with a little bit of gratitude. My friend does not have the gift of mercy, right? But he, did have, he does kind of have a point. Uh, we are starting a new sermon series today called I Quit, about quitting the things that don't do us any good, like complaining, which I do a lot of, right? If complaining were ever become Olympic sport, I will win a gold medal, I promise. But there are a lot of downsides to complaining. Uh, for one, it irritates people, so my wife has told me. It depresses us because it focuses us on what's wrong and what's missing. It can ruin a work environment, sports team, church, right? And, and the biggest problem of all, complaining only changes two things, our mood and our relationships, both for the worse. Now, I want to be clear when I say complaining. I, I'm not talking about when we kind of share our problems or our burdens with a friend. That's being authentic, and we should do that. Right? But that's different than complaining. Complaining doesn't look for a solution. Complaining isn't trying to establish relationship or want any help. It just wants to complain. Now, the antidote to complaining is gratitude, thanksgiving. That's the antidote to complaining. But here's a little bit of a problem, right? Because I don't know about you, but when someone tells me to be thankful, you should just be thankful, it doesn't make me thankful. Right? It makes me irritated, right? Uh, you should just count your blessings, Scott. Count your own stupid blessings. I'm busy complaining, right? <laughs> but gratitude has some great benefits to us. Starters, it cheers us up by reminding us of the good things that we do have and reminding us that life is never 100% awful. It can be 98% awful, but it is never 100% awful. I have been to some of the poorest, hardest places in the world, and even there, people find things for which to be grateful. Second, lots of studies indicate that, that the gratitude reduces stress, it improves our health, it connects us to God because all good things come from God. So lots of benefits to gratitude. Paradoxically, gratitude is one of the most selfish things you can do because it feels so good and it's so life-giving. So let me briefly outline some steps toward gratitude. And I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you something to be grateful for today. I'm going to preach a shorter sermon. Yay! A little Thanksgiving present to you guys, right? That's in order that we can have more time to, to, to worship because praise is actually an antidote to complaining. So five words to remember, and there's even going to be a grammar lesson along the way. So I'll call this the grammar of gratitude. Okay, first, what? What are you grateful for? Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who satisfies your desires with good things. 
See, complaining happens when we forget God's benefits. Gratitude happens when we remember. Remember things like Jesus died to reconcile us to God. He paid every price that needed to be paid. Jesus gives us good things, things that we kind of think about at Thanksgiving, friends, family, job, that sort of thing, but also gives us things that maybe you don't think about but that you can be very grateful for. For instance, I am incredibly grateful that I was born after the invention of movies. Like, that's just awesome. Warm showers. Those things are amazing. Be grateful for them, right? You don't live in New Jersey. You can be grateful every single day for that. Right? Thank you, God. I do not live in New Jersey. What are... I'm sorry if you're from New Jersey. But if you're from New Jersey, you're agreeing with me. What are you grateful for? Second, who? Who are you grateful to and for? Well, the first who obviously is God, right? Because the friends, the family, the opportunities we have all ultimately come from God. Filmmaker Louis Buñuel was once asked if he was religious and he said, no, I'm an atheist, thank God. <laughs> right, like even atheists know that Thanksgiving implies someone to thank. And, and God is the source of all good things. In, in the story that Dan had just read, Jesus cures 10 lepers, but only one of the 10, a Samaritan, comes back to thank Jesus. And when he does, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Now, that's an odd thing to say. Well, he's already been cured, along with the other nine. So why does Jesus say your faith has made you well? I think it's because there's something deeper going on here. See, the Samaritan who returned got to connect with Jesus, have a relationship, experience his love. The other nine missed out on all of that. They were cured, but they weren't healed. It's about relationship. And when we thank God, it connects us to him and helps us feel his love because it reminds us of all the good things he has given us. The other who of gratitude, of course, are the, the people in your lives, family and friends, maybe a coach or a teacher who helped you, maybe a boss who gave you an opportunity, you know, maybe even an irritating person in your life who has nevertheless taught you something valuable, even if it was just how to have patience with irritating people. Who are the people you're grateful for? Maybe this week, send them an email and be specific. Don't just go, gee, you're swell, but here's why I'm grateful for you. What... Who, next whom, and here's the grammar lesson, okay? Who is the subject of a sentence, the person doing the action, right? Whom is the object, the person to whom the action was done? And if that confuses you, don't worry about it. I just wanted to put it in there because, you know, it was like my former career. So there you go. <laughs> to whom did God's benefits go? Well, you and me and us, right? But that kind of begs the question, did we deserve them? And I think if we dig deep down, we realize that contrary to our entitlement culture, we don't deserve many of the good things that we have. I don't deserve my wife. She is a saint to put up with me. This job, I inherited a great church. I am so lucky. I could have gotten stuck with a lousy church. But I got you guys instead, and you're awesome. I'm so grateful for that, but I don't deserve it. And this is why it's significant that, the only, uh, that, that, that only the Samaritan leper returned to thank Jesus. The text says he came back and threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan, emphasizing the fact that he was a Samaritan. 
Right? And I think the reason for that is because Samaritans were a hated race. So this guy, he feels he's received a blessing he never could have expected. And so he's grateful. See, if we think we're owed something, we will complain. But if we think we don't deserve it, then we're going to be grateful. A few months ago, my wife and I were at a party, and I was talking to a couple from this church, and they said that they, ha they had a couple extra tickets to see the show Hamilton when it comes to Seattle, and they asked if Christina and I wanted to go. And I said, no, we've already seen it for our anniversary. Now, part of why I said no was because it seemed a little overly indulgent to see it twice, even though I really do want to see it twice. Right? But the main reason, the real reason that I said no, is when it comes to money, my wife is, how to put this delicately, cheap. Right? She hates to spend money. So the answer to these things is always no, right? It's always no to these things. Well, about 15 minutes later, Christina comes up to me and she said, the answer is yes. And I said, to what? And she said, Hamilton, the answer is always yes. And, and I said, how was I supposed to know? I thought the answer is always no. It's always been no before. There was no fine print about except for Hamilton. So we're going again. And I'm really stoked. But I don't deserve it, and so I'm grateful for it. What, who, whom, where do we look to find reasons to be grateful? Well, we start by looking back, right? In the story, the minute the nine, nine of these lepers were, were cured, they ran off, you know, sweet, I can get back to my life, I can get back to my job, I, you know, yay. I mean, they just, they just rush ahead, they just went on. Only the Samaritan looked back to the blessing he'd already received. Because see, if we're always looking ahead to the next vacation, the next iPhone, the next promotion, the next whatever it is, we're always going to be focused on what we don't have. Gratitude looks back to what we already do have. Gratitude isn't about having everything you want. It's realizing the value of what you already have. What, who, when, where, and finally, or where, and finally, when. When are we grateful? Always, all the time, even when things are hard. I have a friend who was laid off and he'd been single for way longer than he wanted to be and he decided to pray nothing but prayers of thanksgiving. And he said at first he felt kind of foolish, you know, thank you God that I'm jobless and lonely, you're awesome, yay. Felt kind of bad, <laughs> foolish about that. But then it began to change his perspective on things. And he started to pray prayers like, thank you, God, that that relationship didn't work out because come to think of it, she was kind of weird, so I dodged a bullet, so thank you. Thank you that I don't have a job right now because I know you're using this to make me stronger and I need that. And he said he began to realize as he prayed these prayers that God is always at work, even in the toughest of circumstances, to bring out something that is good. And by thanking God for how he would use those hard situations, he was merely claiming the promise that God is at work in all things. And things were still hard, but it gave him more peace and it gave him more joy. One of the prayers I have prayed over the last couple of years is some of the losses I face, valued mentors and that sort of thing. One of the prayers I have prayed is thank you, God, that it hurts. Because the fact that it hurts means that it was good. It hurts because it was good. So thank you. But it's not just hard things. We can thank God continuously throughout the day. In fact, this week, try praying lots of brief prayers throughout the day, just saying thank you. If you have a good conversation with someone, say, thank you, God, for that conversation. Something goes well at school or at work. You get a good grade on a test or meet a new friend or whatever. Thank you, God, for that. In Jesus' time, Jewish rabbis would even thank God when they went to the bathroom, 
which I know sounds kind of weird, right? But if you think about it, if things aren't going well in that department, life gets kind of miserable, right? So they would even thank God when they went to the bathroom. And tragically, for some of you, that's the only thing you're going to remember from this sermon. <laughs> but the rabbis would say, don't you ever think there's a part of your life too undignified to thank God for? So those are five words that make up the grammar of gratitude. You can take a picture of the screen if you want to remember them. And as we head toward Thanksgiving this week, maybe find some time, take some time, and just write down three or four bullet points under each word. What and who are you thankful for? And what have you been given? You're, you are the whom to whom much has been given, and maybe you didn't deserve it. So what are you thankful for that you, you have that maybe you didn't deserve? And look back and remember all of God's benefits. Last year at this time, we got an email from a woman about gratitude. And this is what she wrote. This was last Thanksgiving. She said, during church on Sunday, I was praying about my finances. Between a water leak, medical bills, and other unexpected bills, I was sitting there with only $3 in my pocket. I was broke. Then a man across from me gestured at the floor and said, I dropped something. It was a $20 bill. And I was broke, so that $20 seemed like a really big deal, but it wasn't mine. So I held it up in my hand, looking for someone that it belonged to. Nothing, no one claimed it. So when it came time to leave, I thought, well, maybe I should find someone to turn this into. And as I left, Pastor Dudley was at the end of the aisle talking to a woman. Darn it, I thought, that's just rare. I, I've gone to this church for seven years, and I almost never see him at the end of our service in our section, let alone in my path. I thought, well... If he's still talking to that woman when I approach him, I'll just take it as a sign that I should keep the $20. <laughs> so I inched along, relieved that he was still talking, when suddenly I was right in front of him right as he finished talking with the woman, and he shook my hand. I've only shaken his hand once, and then it was just a quick hello, and I was out the door, you know, like a good Christian, went to church, didn't have to talk to anybody. <laughs> but this time there was awkwardness because I didn't let go after he shook my hand, I just kept hanging on to it because I was thinking about that dang $20 in my other hand and I wanted to keep it. But then without even thinking about it, I just handed it to him and said, someone drop this. And he smiled and said, thanks, I'll take care of it. That's all he said. I wanted to hear more like, wow, that's a big deal. But all he said was, thanks, I'll take care of it. But that was a huge deal for me. I used to be in a gang for goodness sakes. I was broke. Before I turned my heart to God, I'd have just kept it. And Pastor Scott just says, thanks, I'll take care of it. But the value I find in that is that is exactly how God wanted it to be. Not a big deal, just something to be grateful for. I know it could have been a gift to me from God, but I knew giving it back was the right thing to do, and I felt relief in my heart as soon as I did. When I walked away, I realized I still had all $3 I came in with, so I happily thanked God for the $3. When I got to my car, I told my son about it, and he got mad because he wanted to eat at Mod Pizza. <laughs> but I told him that if we had lost that $20, if we had lost that $20, we would have been devastated. So this year, we're going to have a Thanksgiving without much food and a Christmas without many gifts, and that's okay. The greatest gift I feel is God's presence, and I'm thankful for what we do have. I'm grateful for that one moment I had with Scott Dudley because he never knew what was going on in my head, but I knew I did the godly thing. And I had the opportunity to teach my son a lesson about all of this, and I still have $3, which just might last until payday. I know the Lord will take care of us. He always has, and I trust him completely. So on this Thanksgiving week, I am grateful for life's lessons. I am grateful for, to have a home, grateful for the people I love, and I am thankful for Bell Press. I just want to say thank you. 
I hope that $20 helps someone in greater need than me. Happy Thanksgiving. Now there's a woman who gets gratitude. Right? She knows what and who she's grateful for, doesn't feel entitled, just feels blessed to have it, and is thanking God even in a very hard time. And the result for her was peace and joy. Because see, joy is really just the, the experience of gratitude. So this week, will you practice over and over the most mood-altering, life-giving, joy-inducing two words in the English language? Thank you. So Jesus, thank you. That's what we want to say to you, God, is thank you. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you love us. Lord, thank you that you encourage us. Thank you for all the blessings that you have given to us, God. And as we head into Thanksgiving, help us be mindful of them. Help us to remember. Help us to forget not all of your benefits. Jesus, you came from heaven to earth just to die for us. That alone could take eternity to say thank you for. So with all of our hearts, Lord, thank you. In your name, amen.